Welcome to Everything is Better Than You Think, a podcast where we focus on mental health, spirituality, and overall well-being. If you're seeking a higher quality of life or just looking for some practical ways to deal with anxiety and depression, you've come to the right place. And now, let's get on to today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode three of our season on gratitude. I hope you've had something to be grateful for this last week. And uh, Rick, that leads me to a question. How has your week been? Ah, it happened again, Will. What? What happened again? Yes. Fairdale Road. (laughs) Stupid stoplight. (laughs) Taking my daughter to school and this random stoplight in a very weird place for one tiny road that almost has zero traffic but all it takes is one little car and it stops the main road and it happened again always happens to me i i swear to you the world is against me this kind of stuff i know it doesn't happen to others but it happens to me constantly well rick you know i was thinking about that road this week and i drive the same way every day and you're not going to like this but i have not hit it red yet i believe it i believe it because it's me i kid you not like this this is how my whole life has been will everything is against me i just it's just my luck just my luck if it's going to happen to someone it will happen to me for sure well rick you are in the right place because we're going to be talking about that today and honestly i think all of us have had a moment where we felt like like nothing's going my way, everything's against me, the system is against me, everything is worse than I think. Yes. You know? and, uh, <laughs> That's the book I'm going to write. That'll be your book for, for the next <laughs> one. <laughs> everything is worse than you think, and I can prove it. Take that, Will Johns. And mine will probably sell more copies. I, I, I'm sure it will. Uh, but... <laughs> So what we're talking about today, Rick, is when ingratitude and negative thinking become an identity. Mm. And, and this is kind of a very scary place to get to, because once it becomes an identity, it becomes all-pervasive yeah. throughout every aspect of our life. And so it's, it's an incredibly challenging thing to address, and yet, once we see that this is happening, it gives us a lot of opportunity to make some, some changes. Hmm. But before we get to all of that, I've got a, a question for you. Okay. And see if you know the answer to this. What is an argument that I will never win? Um, any argument with me. <laughs> is that the right answer? Feels right. Feels like I nailed it. Uh, no, you have been closer if you said any argument with my wife. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I wasn't thinking about either of those. Okay. What I was thinking about is if I'm trying to prove to someone that they have a good life. Okay. Because they can always prove to me that they don't based on their perception. Mm. Because if they're looking at what's going wrong in their life, they can emphasize that and assign it a much higher value of importance relative to anything good that's going on in their life 
so that their total score is always in the negative, if that okay. makes sense. You know, sometimes we, we kind of almost rate experiences. So, you know, like when you get stopped at Fairdale Road, that's like a minus 100. Yes, Fairdale. But let's say you enjoy a nice breakfast, you only give that a plus five. Mm. And so as a result, you know, you could prove to me my life is bad yeah. Yeah. because of Fairdale Road. Yeah. And I don't care how good that breakfast was. Fairdale Road right. did away with all the good feelings I had after breakfast because I got you because I hit that light, and so that's why it becomes an argument that you can never win. Mm. And have you ever tried to convince somebody that their life was good? Oh yeah, as a pastor, you definitely get a lot of people, especially in crisis and in challenges and. Uh, and then you just run into people. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has somebody in their life that just kind of gets stuck on the negative story. Very draining conversations uh, when you're with people like this, because mm. I think like you, Will, I think we do kind of feel compelled to try to change their story or help them look on the bright side. And then usually that kind of makes them a little more upset or at least they'll pull out more evidence to prove to you how bad their life is. So it, you're right. It's not something you can usually uh, convince someone otherwise, unless on the occasion that you have someone who legitimately is trying to look on the more positive side and looking for something. But a lot of times I think they just want to gripe or complain. Yeah, and I think, I think that's where choice comes in. And rather than attempting to fix anybody else, which is really not our role or responsibility, we need to look at ourselves. Mm. And I need to look at myself and say, I have a choice of whether I want to argue that my life is good yeah, or argue that my life is bad. Yeah. And you have a big plank in your eye, Will. What, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Jesus said. So uh, that's not me. Jesus said, Will Johns has a big plank in his eye, and he keeps looking for the speck in other people's oh, eyes. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, that's one way to apply that verse. So. <laughs> right. I think he was speaking directly to Will. But no, I think Jesus' words just came to my mind, how he says, you know, we look for the speck in, a, in our brother's eye, and we have a plank in our own. And so... That is the admonition that we start with ourselves. Yeah, and, and everything we're going to say in this season on gratitude only works to apply to yourself. And it's probably good to just reemphasize that right now. Let me give you an example. My mom read my book and liked it enough that she gave it to a friend who is always negative. Yeah. And uh, she was hopeful that, you know, maybe this could help sure. her friend. Maybe. And she gave it to her and then asked her, you know, a few weeks later, hey, wh what did you think of the book? And her friend said, oh, it was terrible. I couldn't understand anything he was saying. <laughs> well, that may have been the author's fault. So, so I stopped reading after a few pages, you know, and, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and there you have it, you know, like, you know, it, it maybe my book is terrible, but um, <laughs> if somebody's convinced already... It doesn't yeah. matter what any of us do. Right. And it's probably good for us to point out right here that sometimes what someone is dealing with with a negative story is more like clinical depression. And it's something yeah. that, that requires professional help. Sure. That's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level. And only you can 
figure out, you know, if you feel like that's where you're at. Yeah. And and if that is where you're at, please seek professional help. You know, we're not saying that just think positive and everything will go away. You yeah. know, it's not There's it's more. not that simple. And there are certainly cases where professional medical intervention are are certainly needed. You know, Will, as you're talking, I was just thinking, I think there's a fantasy or an illusion or a delusion, I should say, a delusion that we all have that maybe there's someone out there or there's probably someone out there who just has a good life. Like they just, Mm. everything goes right for them and they're happy. And somehow, you know, we... We unfortunately are not that person. It just, everything seems to go wrong for us. And that's a funny kind of thought because you look around and I don't think there's one person in the entire world that Mm -hmm. could possibly say nothing has ever gone wrong or they've not been through anything difficult or hard. I think (laughs) just being human, I mean, Fairdale light may not hit you, but you probably have another light that hits, you know, red all the time or something, you know. Yes, yes. If 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 we're relying on life to do everything our way, to be exactly as we want it to be, we will never be happy because there will always be something that goes, quote, yeah. wrong. For every single human <laughs> being. And I yes. think what you're getting at is you can focus on all those things and create an identity out of that. Or you can focus on the whole picture, which is also the things that go right. And, and weave that in as a positive part of your story. And one of the things we're up against, Rick, is that we all also suffer from cognitive bias. Okay. This came out in the research when I was, was researching this topic. And cognitive bias simply means that I look for the evidence to prove what I already believe. Mm-hmm. So I have kind of a theory in my mind and then I find the evidence to fit the theory. So yeah. for instance, if I am telling myself, I'm a loser, nothing ever goes my way, I'm going to find the evidence to support that theory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find the evidence to support the negative story. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to help you with that evidence. Because <laughs> that's what I do as a loving brother. Well, there are always people to help us find that evidence yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> You can count on me. I think cognitive bias is like one of the biggest things we have to understand about how our brains are wired. And kind of the corollary for me on that is I know brain research shows that our brain is really good at looking for patterns. It's always searching Mm. for a pattern. And so the minute we have this bias that, oh, man, the world's against me. Things never go right for me. You know, I'm, you know, the consummate victim of all things then we can find our brain finds the patterns of that. That explains why I tend to feel bad when like three or four little things go wrong in a row. Mm. It's like my brain is saying, here's a pattern here. Yeah. And it's probably going to continue. Yeah. So yep. I, my alarm doesn't go off. I get up late. I uh, bang my head getting into the shower. You know, I spill the milk in my cereal and then I, I stub my toe on the way out the door. All little things, but when they happen in a succession, yeah, then I hit Fairdale light red and it top it just yeah. That's there it. we go. That's it. It's, it's going to be a horrible day yep. because I had this string of bad things that happened, and my mind of and immediately believes I'm cursed today. Yeah, 
Yeah. And and so I'm I just only see the evidence yeah. of that. Life sucks today. And I've I've run into people, you know, that will say that having a bad day, I'm having a bad day, it just sucks, you know, or I'm having a bad month or a year or <laughs> whatever. They they kinda and it becomes that confirmation bias. Um, mm. Yep, here we go again. Oh, look, another bad thing happened. Oh, oh, no surprise. Here it goes again. And I think, Will, that leads into the next thing, right? That really is a hindrance with this negative story, which is the self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what's brutal is once we are convinced of the story, because we found all the evidence to support it, we may want to prove it so bad that we go ahead and do something that we know will make us feel bad. I think we all do this, honestly. I think many times when I get in a bad mood, I'm very good at self-fulfilling my negative thoughts mm. and just sabotaging whatever's going. If it's professionally, then I just kind of you know get angry at my job and my boss and my whatever, and then I start doing a worse job and I bring negative energy to my job, and then it becomes self-fulfilling because... I'm not doing good mm. work, and they're, my, my coworkers are not enjoying my presence. And you know, it just I, I've seen that so many times, especially in the workplace, because once things start to go bad and then you have to show up every day and people can get really negative really fast. And mm. then, oh, you know, that first thought of, oh, my boss just doesn't like me may not have even been true, may have, yeah. may have been not even remotely true, but then you start becoming a negative employee, and guess what? The boss is starting to be like, ugh, this person is really like causing problems, and they're, they're ruining the atmosphere and the culture here at work. You know, I've noticed this, Rick, with, in relationships. You know, at a church I was at a long time ago, I fell into the trap of perceiving certain individuals as enemies. Yep. They're against me. Mm. They're out to get me. You know, I was kind of paranoid. And then I self-fulfilled that. Yeah. You know, I treated them in negative ways, in untrustworthy ways. Yep. So that they were suspicious of me for good reason. Um, they didn't like me for good reason. Yeah. And I created a negative relationship with certain people, yeah. an adversarial relationship, yes. I think it happens in marriage a lot. Mm. Your spouse does something, maybe completely unintentionally, but it just makes you upset or hurts you in some way, and so you come up with a whole negative paradigm for why they did it. They always do this. They really don't like you. They really are in, you know, selfish or whatever, you create a whole negative story around something that they may have been completely unconscious. Mm. Or they may be having a bad day and caught up in their own issues, and they may take it out on you, and you think, oh, okay, well, that's they just don't like me, and they want to go to war. Well, I'll show them, and you know, they need to be treating me better because I'm you know, this and that. And then next thing you know, you're self-fulfilling that the marriage... This is a bad marriage. I made a mistake. You know, I should have never done this, or this is the wrong person. I mean, it can go really quick. Yeah. And Rick, I think it's even worse when, as parents, sometimes we might be tempted to do this with our children. Mm, you know, definitely. This child is the problem child. Yeah. You know, they never obey. Yeah. They never do what I ask them to do. Yeah. Um, 
They probably going to fail the next test again. Oh, they're probably not studying like they should. They're probably, and we just start to see all the negative. They can feel that from us and they do the self-fulfilling for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, In parenting. Mom yeah. and dad think I'm terrible at school. So yes, mine's will be terrible at school. <laughs> and I'm so glad we brought it up with parenting because that is huge because when you speak into a child's life, their identity is being formed. Mm. So it's different than yeah. when you're, you know, speaking to an adult who's probably hard around the edges already, but the child accepts it. So, you know, that's why all of us probably have some sentence that our parents said to us as a child that really kind of negatively impacted us or just became part of our identity. It's very, very crucial that we as parents be careful how we kind of speak into our child and their identity. Absolutely, Rick. And and the, the final piece of this negative story that makes it so difficult to deal with is when we are believing the negative story, we believe it with an almost absolute certainty. Mm. And it's kind of weird how that works. Like the negative is believed with such certainty where the positive is kind of held loosely. Mm -hmm. And and we really need to <laughs> to just flip that. Uh, yeah. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But that certainty of, you know, and we, we've experienced this talking to other people at times, you know, where they just can't see anything good in their life. And you're like, yeah, but, but isn't this kind of good? And no, it's not. It's <laughs> terrible, you yeah. know. And it's almost like they're angry that we would even dare point right. out right. one tiny little silver right. lining on the clouds of their life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember telling a story on one of the podcasts back about how I had someone who wanted to talk to me privately, and I was just so certain it was going to be a negative conversation. They were going to bring some complaints and some things that, Pastor, you need to change and you need to fix, and Pastor, you've really hurt me or hurt this or whatever, something with me. I just knew they had an issue. And then I got there, and they were simply asking me to do uh, a wedding for one of their children. And <laughs> I was just you know, stunned because I had never questioned my certainty of the negative. Yeah. Never, yeah, never yeah, questioned yeah. it. The beauty of all of this, again, this is not for you to fix someone who's negative in your life. This is for you to deal with yourself. I have to deal with myself on this. But the beauty is the negative story is reversible. Mm. We don't have to keep telling it. That's good news. We get to choose what story we want to tell about ourselves. This was probably one of the most liberating things that I discovered when I was doing this research because it almost feels like you don't have a choice, right? Like, yeah. like right off, it's kind of like, well, how can I not feel like a loser when all this bad is happening in my life? You probably will be able to guess, Rick, but how do you think we can reverse it? Well, I would imagine we have to choose to focus on the positive. Oh, wait a minute. I think the answer is gratitude. <laughs> it just hit me where you were going with that. Uh, it's just a one-word answer, right? Uh, either one is is uh, you're right on there. We get to choose what we focus on. We can also, and this is probably one of the most powerful moves that we can make in our own mind, is we can start telling a grateful story, mm. and then guess what? Cognitive bias works in our favor now. Yeah. So it's been working against us. As soon as I say I'm blessed. 
Mm. I'm loved. Mm. I'm fortunate. My mind starts seeing all the patterns that support that statement. Yeah. And suddenly, my life looks a lot different. So now your mind is working for you instead of against you. Yes. And that's powerful because I think sometimes we, we don't even question our thinking. We don't even question our minds. And just having that awareness that our minds are an organ of the body designed to do certain computations and certain functions and recognizing how to use that organ, just in the same way that we learn how to use our legs and arms and fingers mm. to do different things. Well, there's also an aspect in which we need to learn to use our minds. We are not our minds because yes. that power of choice changes what the mind will do for you. Yes, we are the, we are the being that has the ability to choose what our mind focuses on. Mm -hmm. Using that freedom of choice, using that power of choice to tell a positive story, to tell a grateful story, yeah, changes everything. Now the cognitive bias is in our favor. We're looking for the evidence of the positive. Now we start self-fulfilling in the positive direction. Yeah, My life is good, and now I'm going to make a good choice to go with that belief. Yeah, uh, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to uh, be kind to my friends. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to fight with people. I'm not going to make anybody an enemy. Suddenly, I'm, I'm making decisions that make my life better. Yeah. And I think when you run into someone who seems like they've lived the great life or the good life and everything's going their way, in fact, they may even tell you, I've run into people, and they just tell you all these amazing stories of what their life has been. If you really listen to them, they are self-selecting their stories, they're, mm. they're doing exactly the opposite of the negative narrative. Yes, They're just putting together all the most positive moments. Uh, and just, I admire some of the people that I've met like that, who just have this tenacious belief that, that God is good, life is good, they're loved, they're blessed. What a great thing this thing of life is and how, how many awesome and wonderful things can happen in this world. And they just tenaciously find those things and talk about those things and think about those things. And, you know, more times than not, their life is going much better. It's that self-fulfilling piece. It's bringing a lot of awesome opportunities into their life. Yeah, and it reminds me of the, the friend of our grandmother that I met uh, this one time in her assisted living. This friend of hers at the time we met was 103 years old. Yeah, and, I remember. Uh, I remember. Do you remember meeting her? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And she had so much energy. Yeah. She was so full of joy. She looked like she was 73. Yeah. Like it was it was yeah. crazy. Um and and I just thought to myself, this is what I want to be when I'm 103 yeah. if I ever get there, but uh this woman has figured out some kind of major secret in life. Right. And here we asked her, if you remember, she, she was telling how great the place they were at is, how they got to play <laughs> games, how they had good food, you know, and we didn't hear that from everyone else. <laughs> Other people had a different story about the place. Like, yeah, like she's just excited to be in an assisted living. I mean, yeah. come on, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just yeah, fantastic. And it shows it's not your situation. Yes. It's not that everything goes your way. Yeah. It's what you're looking for 
And and Rick, I I've come to the conclusion in my own journey that spirituality is a huge support yeah. to the grateful story. Yes. And and I'm just curious for you, do you do you agree with that? If so, how do you think it supports this the grateful story? Yeah, I think true spirituality 100% is at least for me a secret of giving me kind of that strength. It's that spiritual journey where I find the reassurance, the the foundation on which to build a positive story, positive narrative. I wouldn't necessarily say that about religion. Religion, I separate. Religion is that man-made peace, and sometimes that gets a little discouraging <laughs> when mm. you when you look at the people in the church instead of the God of the church. There's just so many positive messages in the scripture that can really you can anchor your life to. Wow. wow. I love that. And I've seen Christians that I know have really benefited from praise and worship music, going to praise and worship concerts or or just really praising God weekly at their church service. And it began to dawn on me that, that what can happen with music is we can show up feeling lousy. And then that song comes on and that song, you know, starts and we just start singing and, and we're not feeling it. Mm. We're not feeling the words to be true, but we're singing it. Yeah. And at some point in that process, we start to feel it as well. Yeah. As our mind begins to focus on the words, the positive words of the song, it's like our faith kicks in and we start feeling better. And it's, I just had to mention that because I've seen this practice work yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I see it with my wife. She loves that. And she'll be bebopping around uh, DC here, driving around, doing her job and just praising. And that's what really lifts her spirits and keeps her in that positive narrative. Mm. Um, I also think, Will, we should challenge our listeners that this week, change your story. Wake mm. up with a new story. Maybe you mm. need a mantra. Maybe it's just a sentence or a few words that you repeat all throughout the day. Uh, I am loved. I am valuable. It's going to be okay. All things work together for good. Whatever mantra you like, pick yes. something yes. and just keep coming back to it. Get your mind to work for you. Start confirming that bias, that all things are working for good. I would agree. I would love to challenge our listeners this week. Take a good, hard look at the story you're telling yourself. Yeah. And then challenge it with something more grateful, with something more positive, and see what happens. Perfect. Well, I hope, listeners, you'll take us up on that challenge uh, feel free to let us know how it goes for you. We'd love to hear from you. But Will, what are we going to be talking about next week as we continue this subject? So next week, we are going to be talking about gratitude and pain. Mm. And and this was one that really kind of concerned me when I was beginning to research this topic because I was fearful that I might discover that we have to just pretend that there is no pain in our life and put a fake smile on our face. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that that thought horrified me. Yeah, uh, I can encourage you without giving away what we're going to say next week that that's not what I found out. But it's very interesting how these two things relate to each other. Well, that sounds fascinating. So I hope you'll tune in next week so that we can learn more about how we relate with pain and gratitude. But for this week, we're so glad that you joined us. Thanks so much for listening to the Everything is Better Than You Think podcast. 
I'm Dr. Rick Johns with my brother, Dr. Will Johns. We look forward to being with you again next time.